So I, I, I want to ask you this, you know, what, what is like being on the other side? You know, we all know, we all know, you know, the, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this very lightly, but it's so true. You know, when I became a float, uh, one question I asked you is if you want to be, if you want to work in mental health. And I was like, hmm, yeah, I want to work in mental health. And, but I find when ever like people who have not worked in mental health, you know, it was, it was really different for, different for me because I'm like a medicine nurse, vent nurse, and then I had to do mental health. I think you have your background in mental health, right? You said, yeah, so I, I don't. So I only went into mental health when I became a flow. So I find a lot of times, even like people who have not worked mental health, when I say it, like, when you say you're going to mental health, it's like a whole, it's like, that's such a big stereotype. I'm trying to say there's a big stereotype with that, yeah. you know? So like tell, tell, you know, you being a patient before and now on the other side, tell, like, tell me about it. Like what, what can you tell nurses? You know, I don't know. I will be 100% honest and I will say that the way our healthcare system is set up, it is not very well equipped to manage the amount of, the amount and the acuity of people with mental illness. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, being a nurse and knowing how busy we are, all the charting we have to do, all the assessments, meeting with psychiatrists and social work and uh, if, if necessary, OT, PT, doing family meetings, all that stuff, medications, you know, and then on top of that, having actual time to spend with your patient, it's difficult. It's, a, it's really difficult to balance. And when you have patients who are, who have high needs, um, that also really takes up a lot of time because you can't just dismiss someone and be like, I'm busy, go away. Like that's, that's not going to help anyone. But you also have patients who, they're not necessarily high needs. They may be isolating. They may not want to have anything to do with anything, but you know they're high risk. That right. they they may do something to harm themselves on the mm -hmm. unit. You know, if you're not keeping an eye. That being said, having been a patient on the unit and knowing how busy the nurses are, being on a mental health unit is really difficult when you are completely separated from society. You don't have any of the freedoms that you normally do. You can't just go to the corner store and get what you want. You can't just turn on the TV and, and watch whatever you want. You can't you can't even pick what you want to eat. You get what you get and that's it. Which is fun, right? Those are basics. You're getting food, cool. That's all you should really worry about, right? But being there for three weeks and even say if we broke it down into shifts, a 12-hour shift, I would see my nurse, and this completely depended on how many patients they had and how busy they were, I would see my nurse, I don't know, maybe three or four times a day for five minutes just to check in and see if I'm doing okay. If they had some time, we would actually sit and talk for maybe 10, 20 minutes about what's going on, if it's helping here, stuff like that. Um, but it's really hard being on the unit uh, because it's it's a safe place because you can be monitored, but just because you're in a safe place doesn't mean you are having safe thoughts. And being sure. stuck somewhere without any way 
of like see my list, my list for, for coping. I can't do anything on that list really when I'm in hospital. So yeah, how do I stop thinking what I'm thinking? I'm stuck there with zero stimulation and limited uh, social interaction. It was very difficult. So, um, you know, you like like you said when you called me, you really called me because you're in, you know, this Facebook group. I don't know if if a lot of people knows about this group. If you is is like an anonymous group or is it like a group that you could actually share and some people so can join it or you you can. You can join it. It's a private group, so you have to okay. request to join. Request and to join. one of the, the requirements is you either have to um, have a diagnosis of bipolar or have a uh, family or friend diagnosis. Yeah. Okay. One of the reasons I wanted to talk was because of this group. And I actually, thank you for reminding me. So the reason that it came up, or I thought that I wanted to do this, is because there's a lot of people in the group who like I said, when I was first diagnosed, I, I didn't know where to go. I didn't know who to talk to. Nobody I knew had, as far as I knew, any sort of mental illness. And it, having that label all of a sudden, I felt like I was completely segregated from the rest of society. Yeah. And going back to what you said about stigma, I found, and again, just my opinion, but I have found that as much as mental health is being uh, it's, it's being pushed as more accepted and understood and that's you know people in society are more okay with it I think from what I have experienced that is more a it's okay until it hits close to home so everyone says yeah mental health awareness and you know you everyone got uh got things that they struggle with and stuff like that and we understand but um i will tell you i'm seeing someone right now and uh, i had i talked with her before i did this and i said like this is what we're going to talk about and this is going to be known with my coworkers and stuff now and there's kind of no going back so are you okay with this and she was she was very supportive and she said she thinks it was a great idea before meeting her i went on uh two dates um both of them ended very abruptly after i told them because i don't like keeping secrets i told i talked to a lot of people i talked to um actually now you're reminding me of more stuff <laughs> but i talked to um on a regular basis just for maintenance, I see a psychiatrist every six months, or sorry, every six weeks, six to eight weeks. I see a counselor um, every other week. Uh, I use the crisis line when I have to. I journal, I keep a journal for my daughter because if she develops this, I need her to know what it's like, what you're experiencing is, it's normal for this. And this is how we're going to help manage that. This is what I do, stuff like that. It just, it's its meant to be as like a guide for her if she ends up going down that road, which I hope she doesn't, but at least it's there. Um, and so I, you know, I went on a couple of dates with these girls and I said, I think it was like third date for both of them. I said, hey, this, you know, this is really important. I really think you should know before we go any further, I have bipolar. 
and both of them at the time were like, oh, well, that's that's not bad. Like, it's not a big deal. And one of them, like, that same night was like, this is, ah, we shouldn't see each other anymore. It's not related to what you told me. It's, it's I don't think it's going to work out and blah, blah, blah. And the other one, we saw each other for uh, maybe, like, one or two more dates. And then she said the same thing to me. Not, it's not about what you told me, um, stuff like that. So uh, I'm very, very lucky to have met the person that I'm with now. We haven't been together for very long, but we have... I have been very open with her about everything, including the suicide attempt, because that's, if you're going to spend your life with someone, they should be able to, they should know everything. I, I really don't think you should keep secrets. And that's kind of a I big like thing. That. So, like that. True. but I mean, just like, just like with those other girls, people don't respond the way society wants them to respond. Everyone says, yeah, it's, it's, we're open and accepting until you tell them, hey, you know, I'm dealing with this. And I've also found it a struggle in regard to workplaces. Um, I, before being in the hospital, I worked for a place, and I'm not going to name it or anything like that, but uh, my sleep was, I had been there for maybe, I don't know, a month, maybe six weeks. And I, I think it was just the stress of a new job and stuff like that. I wasn't sleeping well. And part of my job was, I mean, you're a nurse, you're dispensing medications that can really mess with people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the last thing I want to be doing is giving someone methadone that they're not supposed to be having or, or the wrong drug or whatever, right? So I always kind of err on the side of caution. And I said to my manager, like, look, I think I need a couple days to just kind of get myself together. She asked, you know, what was going on. And I said, look, um, is what we're talking about here confidential and she said of course so I'm a very I'm a very honest person when it comes to that stuff um, most things and I told her and then the next day I got a call uh, saying that um, I was being fired and because I'm within my probation period they don't have to have a reason so I did end up going to see a lawyer and they said that unfortunately this happens a lot and she said that she could, like I could pursue it, but anything that were to come out of it probably wouldn't be worth my time. And at the time that I went to a lawyer, she said there was a four year wait to even see a courtroom. So this type of stuff happens way, way, way more than people like to admit. And as much as I think workplaces have to accommodate, and this is not, this is not at all Vanover Hospital, I've had a great experience there. Um, but in previous work history, like some of the factories I worked at and stuff like that, some of them were great. But some of them, the minute they found out that you there, there's any issues that might affect um, attendance, really, they will find any reason to get rid of you because they don't want to have to deal with that. And I know from talking to other people who are like patients, talking to people in that group, a lot of people have done the same thing. They're worried about telling their employers. They're worried about their employers finding out. They're worried about losing their jobs. It is, I, I think, mental health awareness is a lot different than mental health exception um, or acceptance, sorry. Uh, and it really, it really, this is one of the things that led me to want to do this. I would see so many people in that group who would either be in 
college or university and they're being diagnosed for the first time and their entire future is in question now. Should I continue going to school? Should I just give up? I wanted to go to school for engineering or, or nursing. Nursing comes up a lot. And people are like, well, I have this diagnosis now. Can I even be a nurse? And they're asking for help. Who, who has, like, there's the number of questions on, on a say, weekly basis of people saying, does anyone out there have a stable job or have a stable life or have a stable relationship? There's so many people who it's so hard to integrate into society when you feel like you have to hide something from everyone. You know, people have people ask me all the time why I don't drink. I don't drink because it really messes my bipolar. But I tell them I don't drink because it messes with my workouts. People ask me all the time if I take steroids. I get people ask me that and I'm like, I honestly I would love to try it just to see what happens. But I have read studies that and there aren't many studies, but I have read studies that show the increased risk and potential for um, man, uh, mania and psychotic mania and increased suicide among men. I can't run that risk. I can't say, well, let me just try this because me just trying that could ruin me. It could ruin everything. Um, people constantly asking, can we have a relationship? You know, and it's all over the spectrum. Some people respond and say, I've been happily married for 30, 40 years. Some people say, I haven't been in a relationship for 20 years. It's, it's as uplifting as it is depressing reading what people are going through. Because like I said, it's different for everyone, but it's also different because of severity. There are people there who have been on disability for almost their entire lives. One girl I was reading the other day, she was on disability when she was 16, she started. And I think she's like in her early 40s now. She has not had a job in her in that time span. She has not had a relationship in that time span. She, her entire life is surviving day to day. So, you know, meeting this girl, it was, it was really hard for me to say like, look, am I actually having these feelings or am I, is this bipolar just so that type of stuff i have to do all the time and i have to stay on top of it and it's exhausting i do agree it's gotta be it's gotta be exhausting but you know why you you you're here right you're here and giving hope to people i don't want to say like anybody who's watching this who either knows someone who has bipolar or um, they themselves have bipolar, like nothing is impossible, but you have to find a different way of doing things. I really want to get back into firefighting, but I know being full-time may not be the best idea for me. I know when I did it before as a volunteer, there were some really stressful moments and like we were at fires for sometimes eight, nine, ten hours. You can't just leave because you're tired. That's not how it works. Same thing, like you, you get to see like a, a, an MVC or something and someone has to be cut out of a vehicle. You can't not be able to focus, you know? And as much as I would love to be a full-time firefighter, I don't think I can do it. And I think that's a realistic, uh, a realistic 
ideology that I can maybe do volunteer, but even then, at this point in my life, I need to make sure that I am on the ball before I make any of those decisions. So don't don't limit yourself. Just plan. How am I going to do this? Not I can't do this. But it's it's so true. I I I totally hear you. It's it's true. Like you know, to planning differently. You know, not just saying I can't. You know, look at you. I think you're you're one amazing nurse, Justin. And I'm not just saying it. You know, I will totally tell you if. You know me very much by now, but you are one amazing nurse. And honest to God, like, if you didn't call me to talk about this, there's no way I would have never guessed. Like, you do a very good job. You love your patients and you're there for them. Like, honestly, but no. But that's a good example. What you see, the way you see me mm-hmm. is not... If, if I had diabetes and I was like, oh, I can't eat um, sugar and stuff or candy and stuff or whatever because I have diabetes, everyone would go, oh, okay, I get that. Right. Because it's a way more accepted thing. I, sure. I really had to think about this before I, I did this. So I'm like, my managers might be able to see this. Like the hospital administrator may be able to see this. What sure. are they, they going to call my judgment into question? Are they going to start saying, well, should we really, really watch him and really monitor him? Like, I mean, I thought, I thought maybe I'm setting myself up here, but I think letting people know that this is like having a life is possible. I mean, it may not be the life that I wanted or thought I would have, but if I can have a good life for my daughter, then it doesn't really matter, right? You know, the minute you say to somebody, I'm having suicidal thoughts. When you have suicidal thoughts, it does not mean you were suicidal. It means you're having thoughts. You're having thoughts. To end your life. But I, I I mean, I called crisis and I told them, like I called because I was having suicidal thoughts. And police showed up in my house because I didn't find at the time, I didn't find what they were talking to me, what was, was being helpful. So I said, I thank you for the time. I said, thank you very much. Um, I don't find this really helping me, but thank you. And I hung up. And then I left my phone where I was. And I went downstairs. I guess they tried calling me back and they couldn't reach me. So they called police and police showed up at my house. There's a lot of, a lot to, to take into account in terms of how much you trust someone to tell them this even healthcare professionals because a lot of times they have to err on the side of caution they have to do what they feel is right and it it can make things really weird and awkward so i'm i mean i hope no one sees me differently or treats me differently after this but it's it is what it is you know And I'm so honored. I'm so grateful that you you trust me to share your story with me. Oh, I didn't say I trust matter- me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I told you guys, this is totally him. Like, this is our relationship. He, he met myself. But no, oh my goodness. I am, yeah, I am, I'm very honored. And you know, it's true. I can't tell you that, oh, people are going to watch this and be like, you know, 
not say anything or be, but you know the piece that actually in this is the information is is great because I think there's someone out there that might like absolutely need to hear this you know yeah. there's someone that need to hear this you know I have a lot of friends that you know have told me some of their stories and I'm always like you know, you read books about mental health and stuff and you know how things happen in books, but to see a real character, like a real person, it's not a character, it's a real Justin right there, you know, telling you that, you know, I have this, but I'm here. You know, I think that's a big, big hope giver. That's, that's, and that's amazing. And, and I really hope myself, I'm hoping that workers like co-workers seeing this video definitely i i really pray and hope that we will not look at you differently but i want you to look at the bigger picture as i'm sure that's what you've looked at that's why you're on the show today because you are gonna you probably is gonna save a life most likely like there's people that have to hear this and i'm really proud of you i know it definitely was not easy and yeah so thank you very much for sharing and uh, as usual on my show before people leave before i i usually ask to give um you know something to nurses and you've said quite a few things that i think we nurses have to be aware of you know it's uh it's it's nice that you like, you know, I, I go to mental, like, 1F, and I hang out with patients, like, you know, and I always wonder myself, but it's really nice to hear this from you, that, you know, when people call me, is it Tuesday, I want to talk to you. I love sitting and talking to people, yeah. but it's true, we don't have all the time. But when I do it, it feels really nice, but I always tell myself, was that even helpful to that person, you know, spending that 10 minutes, or was it just like, a, you know, just me there but it's really nice to know that actually you know it is great you know it's nice even though sometimes they don't want to really talk to you really but i think it's nice to know that so just before you go you know if there's something something you want to tell nurses you know this is you as a patient uh, as a nurse who have been through it you know to tell i know we're busy but you know we're nurses so if there's something you want to, you know, just help us educate. I know we can't cover everything right now, but something that will, you know, you, you, you see and you say, you know, I want, I want nurses to know this. If there's something that you want to tell us, nurses. I think a lot of nurses I talk to, both working in and not working in mental health, a lot of people think they don't have patience to deal with uh, people who have mental health problems. Because it is it is difficult. You hear lots of things that you normally wouldn't hear. And there are sometimes this very bizarre behaviors and or, or people who are, who have high needs. And it can be very taxing and stressful and emotional. But when I hear those, and especially being where I am now, when I hear people talk about that kind of stuff, I really want to tell them that 
it may feel really hard for you to, to have to deal with this patient, but you're dealing with them for 12 hours, maybe a few days a week. This person is dealing with this for their entire life. And it, sometimes, yeah, it, it can suck to have to deal with someone who maybe isn't really nice or, or maybe just is cold and does not want to talk to you or whatever it is, whatever the issue. Just remember that you are seeing that person for a very, very brief time in their life. And they have to spend their entire lives dealing with this. Yes, that's true. That's true, so true. Very, very beautifully said. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, thank you so much. Thanks again, Justin, for being on the show. Thank you so much, Isabel. Where is she? She has Thank been you. a doll. Absolutely. You got to tell me your favorite Disney, your favorite princess. Jasmine. Don't tell Jasmine. me you like Elsa like your dad. <laughs> no, she said, she said Jasmine. Oh, Jasmine is cute. Jasmine is so good. Yeah. yeah. We like no, Jasmine too. <laughs> she doesn't like it. It's not Elsa. Yeah. No, I like Jasmine too. I don't mind Elsa, but the whole snow thing, you know, I, I go more for summer kind of and fishes. <laughs> hey, so when do I get my uh, my paycheck for this? Oh. <laughs> wow, I'm working on it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but Justin, have a good evening, though. Have a good evening. And uh, you, you still have to tell me your tattoo. Yes. Rise so people against. Ask me, people ask me about this all the time, and I always tell them, which is kind of true. They always ask what it means, and I said, um, "Well, it means rise against anything that gets in my way, right?" But <laughs> that's totally what he told me when I asked him about his tattoo. So you no, know, I I got this specifically in that spot because. If I ever thought about ending my life again, or I have thoughts about that, it is to remind me to rise against my own thoughts. That That's beautiful. I am not, I'm in charge of me. That's very nice. Very beautiful. I always knew it had a very good meaning. I just, you just didn't want to tell me. Yeah. There you go. I know now. But that's beautiful. I think it's, it's, it's awesome. Even the way you have it, it's actually just right there, right? See, yeah. That's why I got it there. So it's, I like it. I can see it. I can see it and remind myself, okay, wait. Yes. I am in charge here. Yeah. Yeah. Now the butterfly on my lower back, that's just for the ladies. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, you have butterfly on your punches. <laughs> yeah. It's fancy. It's fancy. Is it colored? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Isabel. The thing you're gonna have to pull up with when you're a teenager. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait I'm gonna embarrass her so much. <laughs> Oh, but this has been wonderful. You guys have a great night. 